Hey, welcome to Ball Court. It is still Women's History Month, and we are still celebrating right here on Ball Court. Welcome to another episode of Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew. This is the world of basketball. And of course, with it being uh, Women's, you know, Women's History Month, I definitely want to go ahead and start off ladies first. Because one of the key topics or the key story that we're talking about today is Brittany Griner. And this has been one of the most historical moments that is actually taking place. And I'm not talking historical for a great reason, like she broke a record or anything. But this is historical for an awful reason. Because this could be the turning point or this, this could be what is going to level the playing field. For the people who don't know, right now, Brittany Griner um, was actually detained in Russia for carrying uh, CBD hash oil in her possession while she was uh, boarding in the airport. So she has been detained and it's now being reported that she possibly could be looking at going to a labor camp. Now, this, the wild thing about it is the United States, um, the, the lawyers, the council has not actually even been able to get in contact with her. There's been no contact with Brittany Reiner. They don't know her mental state or anything. And there is word that her detention could be extended all the way out to um, the May, May 19th, as a matter of fact. And if anybody is watching and everybody's listening and focused on the WNBA, we all know that May 1st is the beginning of the WNBA. That Brittany Griner will not be playing this year in the WNBA. Here's why it's historically problematic. Because Brittany Griner, you know, for, uh, actually, when you take a look at it, and you look all around the league, she's one of the most recognizable faces in the league. As a matter of fact, you could dare to say she is actually the face of the WNBA now, or the new WNBA, with their style of play and everything, she has proven to be one of the more dominant players. Now, here's the issue: if we were if we were taking care of her at home, she wouldn't have to go to Russia to make ten times more than her salary here. This is not an issue that we would have been able to um, relate to any NBA player. If if this was LeBron James. Something happened where he had to be detained in Russia. We would have had people on the ground. We would have had people over there trying to get things resolved. And it bothers me that, and I can, and I can definitely understand the reason is behind it. But it bothers me that she's being held as a political prisoner, as a political pawn in a way, to try and uh, to, to 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 try and turn the turn things around in Putin's favor. And it's clear to see. It's clear to see she was, you know, saying she was detained right after the uh, Olympics. And when you take the, when you really look at the way things was going, she's been there for what last four or five years, you know, winning multiple championships there. As a matter of fact, her and Diana Taurasi was doing their thing there for a good little while. So this is it's not like they don't know who she is, and it's not like this is her first time probably traveling. She probably traveled with it before, had handlers that was able to help and assist with getting her to get that hash oil for her to travel with and on a regular basis. They are probably told as long as the CBD, it would be fine. We don't know the, the specifics of what exactly took place, 
but clearly we do know that she has been traveling back and forth frequently during the WNBA off seasons and since she's been in the league making the majority of her money while she's over in Russia. Now I know she took a little time off at one point, you know, to to um to focus on her mental health. And that's and that's one hundred percent, you know, understandable. When you really look at it, when you really break it down, you can clearly see that Brittany Griner's been using her. And it is the saddest thing. The thing that bothers me is when Jello was detained in in uh China for actually doing here we, we had people talking about it. It was on it was on just about every channel. You couldn't find a channel where it wasn't on or somebody wasn't talking about it. And the president himself at that time had decided that he was actually gonna go ahead and step in and make changes. So these are the things that I'm not seeing happen for Brittany Reiner. So these I I'm actually utterly appalled by what is taking place and I think that a lot could have been done better to make sure that um she was taken care of you know it's, it's a sad situation I'm gonna keep us updated on the situation as it progresses because we want to make sure that uh that she gets safe we want to make sure that our sister is back home that she's back doing what she loves and none of our None of our future sisters, as well as none of our uh, none of our mothers, daughters, or anybody who is in the WNBA that we look up to as heroes will ever have to be put in that position again. This is our time. This is our time. I, I, I hope the CBA takes this opportunity to go ahead and put things in place where these girls are protected. NBA players are looked at as assets, as commodities. As a matter of fact, in the NBA contract, there's certain things you just can't do. Playing for another team, uh, you know, doing dangerous sports during the season, things of that nature you just can't do. And the fact of the matter is that you're an investment. The owners invested into you, so these things you can't do, so you can't live that life anymore. And when you take a look at an NBA player's offseason, it consists of what? Training. Uh, probably a couple of nice little vacations, banana boat crew, and a trade or two. That's what an NBA player's offseason consists of. A WNBA player is not just training, but they're out making the majority of their living during the offseason. And their compensation for playing in front of their home, playing in front of their family and friends, playing in front of their fans the compensation for that is barely enough for them to say hey why don't i just take a menial office job instead this way i could remain home this way i could remain with my family see i find it absolutely crazy that you can you would have to send a wnba professional player in this day and age overseas to make money and I could clearly see when I take a look at the popularity and the rise of the WNBA, I could clearly see when we take a look at how women's college basketball, that event has that is generating ratings that is comparable to men's. I'm not even talking about just men's basketball. It's comparable to NBA ratings that I'm seeing lately. 
when you see people like Caitlin Clark putting up 41 in the game and shooting from half court, and you see uh, ladies in South Carolina dunking, and it's different. Things are different now. They're generating that. They're generating the buzz. They're, they're filling the stadiums. They're putting butts in the seat. And these are the same things. These were the same reasons why you shouldn't. You you gave why you shouldn't pay these ladies. But now they're doing it. I'm, the ratings are up. TV. We we, we spoke about this uh, last show. We did, we released the uh, ABC, ESPN, and Disney uh, lineup for the WNBA. Why aren't they being paid? Why aren't they being taken care of? Why aren't they put in a position where they don't have to go overseas and play? Why don't they get to spend their offseason in the gym, putting up shots and working and don't have to worry about having such a lucrative a lucrative uh, uh, endorsement deal where it compensates for the fact that they have to go overseas? I don't, count, I don't like to count people's pockets. But I'm watching NBA players that are not even half as good as some of the WNBA players that I enjoy, and I'm watching them get paid. They're getting paid. Now, mind you, I am not saying that there's anybody in the, w, in the NBA that is not worth their salt and is not, doesn't deserve that money. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that there's ladies in the WNBA that's worth that money too, if not more. And they're not getting paid and we're not taking care of it. And this is a direct example of what can happen if we drop the ball. You know, we got to do better. We got to do better as a people. We got to do better as an organization. And as fans, we got to start holding the WNBA accountable. This is the time that the CBA should, they should be getting together. The players should be getting together. They should sue the WNBA and their parent company, the NBA, until these changes are made and the wages are equal. It started in soccer. It's got to continue. It's got to keep it going. You know, they're, they're playing and working just as hard. You know, I, I got, I'm sorry. I got a little fired up for that story because, you know, that was something that really bothered me. But I'm going to go ahead and jump off to the next thing. And uh, this is a story about a Cavalier who's no longer Cavalier. Yes, we're talking about Tina Thompson. Yes, I remember when Tina Thompson was actually hired. This was four years ago. She had, she was hired back in 2018. Um, and it was uh, the athletic director, Ms. Williams, Mrs. Williams, she decided that she's going to put everything together and, and she's going to build something special over there. Now, don't get me wrong. Tina Thompson was, is a phenomenal player, phenomenal w, WNBA legend. But as a coach of the... Uh, of the um, Cavaliers, she was she failed to really put together a winning record. You know, as a matter of fact, this last season, and and I know that this was the season that probably broke the camel's back. She went five and twenty-two in conference playing ACC play, and then lost in the first round of the ACC uh, in, in, in the ACC tournament. In the first round, they lost to Wake Forest. Now, this is not something that is indicative of the. Uh, University of Virginia style of play or their history. Uh, it was kind of weird to see it, you know? And I'm not saying that Tina Thompson wasn't doing her thing. Yes, she was actually working during a very difficult time. You know, it was uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of her tenure took place um, during the COVID era and post-COVID era. So it was kind of like there was a lot of things that was happening, forfeits, things of that nature. 
you're not able to get the same kind of recruits that you want to get. So I'm not, I'm not saying it fell all on her, but clearly the university felt that they have to go into a different direction. So what ends up happening is she was relieved before the last year, the final year in her contract, she was let go. So they're now on the sites to find a different coach, build in a different direction and bring the program back to prominence, you know? And just so you have an idea of what that program does or the University of Virginia does, they really put out some of the, some really great athletes. So I just want to let you know, it's not like she got fired because they went five and 22 and they just hired her because of her name. She was hired with a level of expectation that she was going to produce. And unfortunately she was unable to do so, you know, but I know one thing about a great coach being a coach myself, and I know how it works because sometimes the players don't buy in in that certain way. Sometimes you end up learning a little something that you didn't know before about how to uh, handle a situation. So I, I clearly get it. I get it. So I know Tina Thompson is going to find herself somewhere else. Probably. Uh, I think what, what would be the best place for her would probably be on the bench as an assistant coach in the WNBA. And, you know, so hopefully things work out that way. If not, I know that there's a lot of different programs that do need a little help turning around because a good coach could turn around a program very quickly. As a matter of fact, look at UNLV. You go. All right. So I'm going to take a quick little break, but we're going to be back with a coach's look. We're going to talk about some things from LeBron. We're going to see a coach's look at the March Madness events. But I want y'all to stick around because there's going to be more ball court and I will be Coach Drew. I'll always be Coach Drew. As long as I'm here, I'll be back. Welcome back to Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew. And this segment is where we take a coach's look. And the reason why we call it a coach's look because I like to take a more detailed approach from the coach's point of view, not just as a player, you know? So we're going to talk about LeBron James. Yes, LeBron James. On his way to becoming the GOAT, yes, I said it, the greatest of all time, He, you have to go ahead and pass up on the people who are there ahead of you. So... LeBron James went ahead and passed Carl Malone. Let's give it up for that. That was, that was amazing. Now he's now second all-time on the scoring list. Now, I want you to understand how phenomenal this is that he did this. Like, if anybody remembers, if you have gray hairs, if you played Sega, Nintendo, and had a paper route, you probably do remember this. Carl Malone was actually dominant back in his day due to the pick and roll. Him and John Stockton ran that play to perfection. As a matter of fact, that led John Stockton to the leader, to him being the leader in assists, and Carl Malone to be the second all-time in scoring. 
LeBron James has done that without a John Stockton. He has now moved into that level. And this is year 19. Dare I say it. There is kids that's actually listening to this podcast right now that has never seen LeBron James playing his rookie year. The, the time that has passed between LeBron James being in the league until now, you could clearly tell if you take a look at LeBron James in his rookie year on any video game and you take a look at LeBron James now. You know, it is amazing. You can actually see his face. He's been in the league that long where technology has caught up with him. That's the most amazing thing about it. Now, I know what you're saying. Okay, yeah, he's got a lot of points in the front end of his career. He's scoring buckets. He's putting up numbers. But, you know, that's why he's passed him on the list. That longevity will allow you to do that. But let me go ahead and throw something at you. In year 19, he's had two 50-point games already. Not to mention, right now, he is tied with uh, the future of the league as far as for the scoring title for this year. Yes, I'm talking about he is tied with Joel Embiid. He's tied with Giannis Antetokounmpo. And, of course, it's the king himself, LeBron James, all tied at 29.8 points a game. This three-way tie for the scoring title is amazing. Not because Joel Embiid and Giannis is in there, because once Giannis developed a jump shot, a three-point shot, and I'm going to say the same thing for Joel Embiid as well. Once he developed a three-point shot, they became almost unstoppable. Joel Embiid dominates within the lane, and now he has a three-point shot. And if you clearly saw after that first game since James Harden came over, he's practicing a step back as well. So next season, I definitely can say that it's going to be a close race between Joel Embiid and Giannis to find out who's going to be the best going forward and become that new future face of the league. But right now, as we speak, LeBron James is making his statement that he's still the face of the league and is showing that he is still one of the more dominant players to play the game. And not to say that he's doing it just to show it, just because it's year 19. He has to. He's on a, in a position right now with his team that's not looking too good, and he's pulling it together, pushing them and willing them along. Now, I got to tell you something. In case you've never seen it, in case you don't understand it, in case you don't believe the myth, playoff LeBron is a real thing. That is something that really happens. If they make it into the playoffs, playoff LeBron is activated. Once playoff LeBron is activated, the rest of the league has a problem. If you don't believe me, ask the Warriors. Andre Iguodala still have, he still have nightmares. He goes to the board, he's looking over his shoulder. Matter of fact, he walks around his house. He has to look over his shoulder. He's scared LeBron going to pop out of nowhere and block him. I'm telling you, playoff LeBron is a real thing. So at 29.8 points a game, the rest of the league should be on notice that if they make it into the playoffs and he activate playoff LeBron, there's a chance that the Lakers could turn things around and come running through the playoffs. But that stands with if they make it to the playoffs. Man, with LeBron playing at this level, we can only cross our fingers and hope that they go to that next level and actually make it. All right? I want to go ahead and jump over. And another, I want to take a closer look at something that's near and dear to my heart. Right? As a coach, as an AAU coach and as a high school coach, a lot of people always talk to me about their ranking. Their ranking. Oh, when I come out of high school, I got to be ranked like this. I got to do this so my ranking is high so I can get to college. High rankings, I'm not going to say it does not get you into college. It definitely does. As a matter of fact, it will get you into the blue blood of college. 
it will get you into the colleges you see on TV all the time. It will get you there, that high ranking. But that's not all it's about. And the reason why I talk about this is because now with the way basketball has elevated and the athleticism has changed the game and the skills that kids have now has uh, grown exponentially over the last few years, we sit and we start to think about this. Right? Now these kids have developed such athletic parity that even the mid-major schools are, could come in at any point in time and turn things around. And this March Madness, this is exactly what we saw. We saw a lot of schools that were uh, that wasn't up to, that wasn't shouldn't have been there, and they were dominating. They went on a Cinderella run. Then we saw other schools that was clearly far far superior getting challenged by schools that weren't. And the, and those two examples, I want to actually speak on. First, I want to talk about St. Peter's. Yes, St. Peter's out of Jersey. Jersey City is now going to the Sweet 16. Now, I want, this is the part that blows my mind about them. Their, that St. Peter's team knocked off number two Kentucky, knocked off number seven Murray State, right? And not one player, not one player on that roster was ranked coming out of high school. Yeah, you heard me say it. Not one of them was ranked coming out of high school. You know, I'm telling you this, work ethic goes a long, long, long way. I, 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 I'm telling you, they have advanced to the Sweet 16 without having one ranked player. So as a coach, I want to tell parents, I want to tell AAU parents, I want to tell your high school uh, coach, you know what I'm saying, the high school team parents, I want to tell those AAU coaches as well, if you are listening into the sound of my voice and you ask. Not one player on that team was ranked coming out of high school. So AAU parents, AAU coaches, um, high school parents, high school coaches, you have to listen to this. You have to gain this understanding. You do not want to focus on your ranking. Focus on your work ethic. Focus on that dog in you. Focus on that fight. That is what makes you different. Because at the end of the day, what they're looking for is to find out who's that person that's going to keep on working. Who's that person that's going to come out and be number 15 going into the tournament and say, hey, you know what? We're here to upset people. We're here to change things. You know, when you put on that glass slipper, that glass slipper was not placed on the sister that wasn't working hard. That was not placed on the sister that wanted somebody else to do the work. That was placed on the sister that was cleaning out the gutters. That was placed on the sister that was actually in there that was digging out through the fireplace, hence the name Cinderella. So that's why these are Cinderella teams, because they put in that dirty work. They do those things so they can make it to the big dance. And now they're dancing at Sweet 16, and I have to say congratulations to St. Peter's, because they did something that I feel, me as a coach, me as a fan of basketball, loves to see. We love to see a hardworking team get up, put in the work, and go the distance. And, and let me tell you, the Peacock story, the Peacock story is a wild story because you have to understand, right? St. Peter's is the first team from Jersey, first team from Jersey to make it to the Sweet 16 since 2000. Isn't that crazy? 
Isn't that crazy? The team in 2000 that made it was Seton Hall. Seton Hall was the team that made it. And guess what? Here goes the part that blows your mind. The starting point guard for that Seton Hall squad that made it was num none other than number 10, Shen Shanaheen Holloway. And that is the coach for St. Peter's. I'm telling you, he's a New Jersey legend. They're gonna build, they're gonna build a statue of him right on the beach, right where they've caught um their mayor during the pandemic. It's gonna be beautiful. Anyway, I don't think they're gonna build a statue though. <laughs> I'm gonna move on. I want to actually talk about UConn women. Now, the UConn women's hands down, we we must say we can agree is one of the more dominating teams in women's basketball on a whole. If you really want to look at it, their level of production as far as the people they put into the league, as far as the uh, as far as the girls that play college ball, you can only compare them to a current day uh, Kentucky. All right, it's not a one and done situation. But as far as their success, you could compare them to the Kentucky men's basketball team. Now, this team going in was actually tested by USF. USF really put a grind to them. And that's why I talk about the parity of basketball, because not just happening on the men's side as far as athleticism, it's happening on the women's side too. You can have a team with ranked high school players and have a team with a, eh, one or two ranked, but mostly non-ranked players, and they are able to go against you toe for toe. So basketball is not something that a number is going to decide or a ranking is going to decide. When you tell a team, when they, got, when they get signed up, when they got their name called on Selection Sunday that they made it in there, and you're telling them they might not be good enough, <laughs> no, no, you can't, tell a, you can't tell a real good team that. You can't tell a real basketball player that you're not good enough and you already made it. So USF, I'm not saying USF made it all the way and they beat UConn. No, they didn't. They fell short. But they tested UConn. It's to the point now with UConn going into the next round, going into their uh, Sweet 16, it's going to require a lot of adjustments. They're going to have to work on different things, work on moving the ball a little bit better, as well as work on stopping the ball a little better. I feel like some of their defensive traps fell short against USF. And in the Sweet 16, that's all you need is one person to gain a little bit of an advantage, and you could be going home too. And I'm telling you, with this way this basketball year is going for 2022, 20, anything can happen. I would hate to see Gino go home, but anything can happen. You could, they could be upset just as quick as Kentucky was. I'm telling you. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the next segment. This segment is a recall. We're bringing it back. And this is one of my favorite segments of all time. And we are bringing it back because we did. We want to make sure that you are getting this content and this information regularly. So guess what time it is? It's time for Let's Kick It. Let's kick it. Come on, y'all. Let's kick it. All right. Yes, it's time for Let's Kick It. And what a better time to celebrate Let's Kick It and bring it back. Today is we are coming upon Air Max Day. And if you are a, a sneakerhead like I am and you love sneakers, you already know that Air Max Day is a special time of year. So, but Air Max Day, I normally rock Air Max 95s with different colorways, or sometimes I'll throw on, you know, some of the new Air Max. But I want to go ahead and talk about the release. And both of these are going to be released on March 26th. Yes, on Air Max Day. And we want to go ahead and talk about them because they are absolutely clean. If you do not have an Air Max 1 in your, in your uh, stash right now, 
this is your time to go ahead and grab it because the Air Max One blueprint is being released. And this blueprint is, is kind of a faded Carolina blue, a little softer, but it also mixed with a nice, uh, vibrant, uh, darker blue for the swoosh. So right there, you give it that great colorway under the Air Max One silhouette, you're talking about a real fine shoe. And let me tell you, let me tell you, this is 2022. So not only the uh, Air, Air Jordan 1s could be looked at as dress shoes, Air Max 1s is now looked at as a great dress shoe. With, and with uh, Easter coming up, you definitely want to see. With these blueprints, you ride this with a nice seersucker suit or you rock it with you know, something a little bit, uh, a little pale blue suit. I was talking about seersucker suits for the people down south. I know y'all feel that. But um, if you get the nice little soft blue suit, you know, get the little pastels going with the Easter season, these shoes will match perfectly. I say if you do go with the suit, definitely go with low socks. But if you decide to rock it with a nice little short set, this is going to be the great thing for going out on the town and having a nice cool evening. Now, 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 now. They also are coming out with the Air Max 1 in the, with uh, the tree line colors. Now, these are for my 420. Friends, uh, you do remember the Grateful Deads that they came out with for the dunks? Yes, it will be sporting the same colors as those with a lot of the same textures. You're talking about a suede type backing and a suede side under the outline right off of the green and with a pretty pink uh, swoosh on there. Yeah, this is going to be a phenomenal shoe. So you could dress this shoe down or you could dress this shoe up. I definitely feel that if you dress the shoe, if you dress the shoe down, rock some army cargos, you know what I'm saying? Make it look real cool. It'll be vibrant because the green will hit the green. The pink will pop and that'll bring your whole outfit together. But if you're going to go ahead and dress it up, I say dress it up with a khaki suit. Yes, a tan suit. And I'm talking to you, Obama. Yes, you can rock a tan suit. And if you're going to do so, rock the tree lines with it. Boom. There you go. Now they can't say nothing because you look fly. So what I'm saying is tan suit. Go with the tan suit with the tree line. It matches perfect. Because the tan in the upper sole of the shoe is going to actually go with the suit itself. And what will end up popping is the green and the pink. So if you want to check out some more fashion, follow me right there on Let's Kick It, at Let's Kick It uh, Shoes on Instagram, as well as you could also follow us at Ball Court. You know, we're going to be giving you some more information. Now, out of those, if I had to decide, both of those are going to be retailing at uh, 200 when they drop. On the 26th of March, you can actually find them at, on the sneakers app. If you do get it, good luck. Blessings to you. If you don't, hey, they're just like the rest of us. We tried. You know, we're going to have to buy from resellers. So I want to go ahead and say, if I had to choose my last 200 since it's retailing at 200, I would definitely go with the tree line. I find that the tree line, uh, tree line colorway is going to actually be a little bit more um, versatile. Not to mention that those soft whites on the blueprint, I can clearly see those getting messed up very quickly. I have kids. We live in Vegas. It's dusty out here. That's not going to be a good look in a week or two. I want to make sure that I'm going to be looking fresh throughout the whole spring. So the tree lines, I say will keep you fresh. If not, grab some New Life Kicks cleaners, and you're going to look fly with it either way. All right? Well, that's our show. My name is Coach Drew. I, first of all, I want to go ahead and thank everybody for, um, you know, making this happen. CWN Sports, go to cwnsports.com. I want to make sure that you are subscribing so you can get 
You can see all the latest information, the latest articles that's coming out from Ball Court, as well as Let's Kick It articles. And I also want you to make sure that you are catching the latest podcast. And just in case you heard it and you liked it and you enjoyed it and you want to hear it again, now you know exactly where to go. And give me a shout out. Give me a comment. Tell me what you think about the show or the articles. I will get right back to you. That's how we do it here. We're interactive. We're cool like that. I like you. You like me. That's how we do it. All right. Next, I also want to go ahead and tell you that you can book if you are in the Phoenix or the Vegas area and you want to make sure that you're getting high level training, high level coaching, as well as feeling that personal touch. You can always book a session right at WilliamsNextLevelTraining.com with me. Coach Drew Williams, you know, that so we could do that. We'll put it together and we will make it work for you. Until next time, I want to thank everybody for listening, everybody for, you know, subscribing because you know you when you hear that ding, Dr. Coach did his thing. So thank you all. Thank you for hanging with me. This has been the world of basketball, ball court, of course. I am Coach Drew, and you have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day. This is a CWN Sports Network presentation.